It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. You know, it's crazy. I, I, we get uh, we get done with the season. You know, we've got the, the national ch- championship game we watched the other night. Uh, playoffs still in in you know process. Uh, and, and we're already talking about senior, we're going to talk about some senior bowl guys. I mean, it's like it's I love the it. off season moves so quickly at a point, and then it becomes just the dead zone for about a month. But it's just I forget how quickly the early part of the off season moves. You know? Yeah, yeah. This senior bowl comes up really quick on us, and then yeah, you're right. From you know the end of January, basically all the way to the combine, which is in late February. Uh, we really don't get any more Cowboys news, so we're going to try to uh, soak this up as much as we can. We're going to talk about the Senior Bowl today. Uh, Senior Bowl kicks off on Monday. I believe Monday is when they do the weigh-ins. Tuesday is when they start practicing. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday are your padded practices, and that's when you really get the most information out of these players. Um, there is a lot of big-name players in, in the Senior Bowl, especially at quarterback. You're going to get a Justin Herbert from Oregon, uh, Jordan Love from Utah State, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Uh, it, it's always one of my favorite things to, to watch these guys. But we're going to preview uh, some specific players in this one, guys that are interesting to the Dallas Cowboys or positions of need uh, that we think the Cowboys could be interested in. Um, and we're going to go ahead and start with this. So let's go ahead and start with defensive tackle, Landon. Um, it seems like if you've been reading the mock drafts right now, there's been two common picks to the Dallas Cowboys. Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU, who we talked about in a previous show, and defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Kinlaw is regarded as one of the best players at the Senior Bowl. Uh, we both watched his film over the weekend. Uh, can you give the people just a quick evaluation of what you think of Kinlaw, how he would fit in Dallas, and then maybe what you're looking forward to seeing uh, in Mobile? Yeah, uh, Kenlaw is a big, tall, long defensive tackle. I mean, he's built kind of what you would consider to be more of a traditional, uh, you know, five technique type body, I would say. I mean, 6'6", 310, um, you know, long arms. Um, in the thing about him that is so, that makes him such a, uh, you know, a high, 
rated prospect and the, the, so impressive about him is that he he can he he has that body he has that kind of strength I think if you needed him to play uh, some some two gap he can do that but I think the thing that really makes him uh, where he wins essentially is his burst power combo as a pass rusher at that size is deadly I mean he is he is really really got impressive get off. Uh, yeah. My notes yep. say impressive get off, especially for his size. Better on the moves. Uh, he can seem to lose, lose momentum and interest when he's going toe to toe dancing with an offensive lineman. So I wouldn't keep him as a, a you know two gapper full time because I think he tends to drift a little bit. And I don't know, but he can do yeah, it. Yeah, he could definitely he can do it. That's definitely do it. Uh, but I think he's at his best uh, when his pad level is low. Uh, consistently, and he's getting a half man uh, leverage against a, an offensive lineman because I just you know once he gets that half man position, there weren't too many guys in college football, e- even in Alabama, that were up to the task of trying to slow him down and stop him. You know he's he really he has incredible burst, he has incredible get off, he can get in a crack and get between the crack. Uh, he's got a little bit of mean and nasty to his game. It seems like to me like he doesn't mind throwing dudes around. Um, but I I think that you know he has some issues some flaws in his in his in his game I think there is uh, the, you know, there's times when he, he can get turned easily which can be a problem I think he loses balance at times uh, when he's in his pass rush and and and, and then like you said it, once a guy is able to disrupt his momentum or stop him from his initial plan of getting where he's planning on going uh, he can kind of lose. You know, like lose momentum and, and lose you lose track of what's happening during the game, uh, during the snap rather, and and sure. just kind of like you know not become a part of the snap suddenly. So you, you, you need to find some consistency there. But I I mean, as far as a specimen, like he's he's something else. Yeah. So we were talking about him a couple different times in the show, um, and I compared him to Taven Bryan, the the defensive tackle that came out of Florida in 2018. Uh, similar players in the sense that um, man, they're both so athletic and can get up the field with ease, and you can two-gap and you can one-gap. Uh, but my problem with both of them is their pad level gets high, and they can sometimes get washed out of the play. And like Taven Bryan, uh, Kinlaw doesn't have a lot of production. Now, you're somebody who told me, you know, when you watch the film, you think a lot of it is due to, you know, he's being doubled more and getting more attention than what maybe Taven Bryan was getting. That's where I'm curious to see him at the Senior Bowl. When he goes into these one-on-one matchups against, you know, just a guard, can he win there? If, he, if he's playing in a, you know, a 4-3 defense, can he beat, you know, a, a really good guard? That's what I'm interested to see, and that's why I think it's so big that he decided to go to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Uh, because if he has a good week of practice... It would not shock me at all if he becomes a top twelve pick because of how athletic he is. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, he he, he was at, and I kind of love these level of players, right? These guys who are the only guy, and you know what? Dak is a lot like this. Where Dak was the only guy on his t- yes. on his team yep. on on offense and uh, in the SEC, and he performed. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. That that should be like you should get a flag for 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 being the only player worth a darn on your side of the it's, ball that's fair. And, yep. and and performing in a very difficult uh, uh, conference. Uh, you know when David Bryant was in Florida, the, Florida you know wasn't wasn't Florida like it used to be, but they're still Florida. They they have oh, lots yeah. of talent all yeah. over the field. There's no one on this team with South Carolina really for 
uh, for uh, Kinlaw to work off of. So I totally agree. Now, the thing that gives you pause is that you see him go against some of these guys in Alabama, uh, some of the, the upper echelon closest to NFL analog offensive linemen, you know, and he, and, and there's times when those kind of issues that we talked about where his pad level gets bad, uh, he gets, he gets his shoulders turned and then he gets easily manipulated, um, he gets off balance, that stuff shows up a little bit. So uh, yeah, I think it's important to see him Go a whole bunch of snaps against uh, you know some of the top guys coming out of the coming out of the, of the senior class, uh, and just to kind of get a better look at what his skill set is in a one on one situation. Because in, in you know in, in the NFL, there's lots of guys to focus on. Kinlaw is, isn't going to immediately get the attention that he was getting at South Carolina his senior year. Yeah, so that that's the guy that you want to watch for if you're a Cowboy fan because if they don't end up with a, a Grant Delphin, it's likely because they target somebody like Kinlaw. Uh, I'm excited to see what he looks like in the one-on-one drills. As I mentioned before, he should dominate there. Uh, if he doesn't, I'll be a little concerned, but uh, he's certainly the the top defensive prospect to watch. Real, um, real quick, yeah, real quick, ahead. I just I'll add in this last thing. Uh, I can't stress enough how much of value, ex, extra value, Kinlaw provides as a guy who could potentially play both three four and four three. Yes. That is something we need to add into our evaluations with these players, especially front seven players. Is if there is going to be a transition, maybe it's not immediate, but you're not going to necessarily be drafting guys. I think, especially at the defensive tackle position, who can only one gap. I think I, I think I, I think you need to kind of open your mind to the fact that you that these guys that were drafting a defensive tackle probably need to have skill sets that they can handle both. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some more senior bowl prospects. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, let's continue with this defensive tackle theme. Uh, two guys here I want to talk about. Uh, Oklahoma's Neville Gilmore, or Gilmore, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, I thought and then it was Gallimore. It Gallimore? Like, I don't know. Gallimore. And then uh, man, I'm normally you're normally the one to mispronounce these names. So uh, maybe I'm wrong then. No, no, no. Uh, I, I'm bad at it too. And then defensive tackle <laughs> is it Lekai Fotu? Man, is, this is a rough. Oh, you're the you're the you're the enunciate you're the pronunciation guy now. So you got to tell me. Lekai Fotu from Utah. Uh, okay, both are okay. these bigger one techniques. You could almost classify them as nose tackles. Uh, which one did you like better on film, and which one do you think is maybe a better fit for Dallas? Well, I thought that, you know, Gallimore plays like that kind of guy. But he isn't – he is not like Lee Kaifotu. I mean, you know, Gallimore to me would be – Gallimore's quite a bit smaller. Yeah. Gallimore to me – I'm trying to remember if he was the guy that – I'm looking through. Yeah, Gallimore to me was the guy that I was watching his game and I kept on thinking Terrell McClain. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I can you, certainly see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think this is a guy who kind he's, of one he's of those one, tweeners. Yeah, he's a one gap player for sure. Uh, I, I think that's where he's gonna he's gonna really thrive uh, as an under tackle three tech combo guy, right? He's seemingly yep. good athleticism, 
um, uh, but not quite the elite dancing bear type. I think you know he's not like he's not Aaron Donald, but he's probably an echelon or two behind them, which is still you know very valuable. I, I do think he does kind of have a high center of gravity, which means that like after after he takes like a couple of strides, it seems like he kind of loses his nimbleness. I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, but he does look comfortable enough, you know, kind of moving laterally, sideways on twists and stunts. Um, definitely, you know, I, I would, I said Terrell McLean, but I also think that he's probably a little bit more developed as a one technique than McLean is, and I, I, less developed as a three technique. I, I would, I would, you know, I, I just, I, I find their games very similar. But I, I don't know that, like, I think that this guy is probably more of an, a shade than, than, than an under tackle. Though I, I think he can definitely do both. Can I give you Go my ahead. comp for him? Yeah, please, please. How about Timmy Jernigan? Jernigan was yeah, a, a sure, little bit yeah. bigger of a, a one, a little bit smaller of a one technique. Uh, you don't really want him playing under tackle, but he can if you have to. Uh, you know, maybe somebody that you get on day two of the draft. Uh, I, I, I just saw shades of Jernigan there. Yeah, totally. And you know, I I I I like that. And especially since you know, he he can give you I think he can give you something as a pass rusher like as a as a, you know, pocket pusher. Uh but he he's going to definitely where he wins is definitely as a run game defender. Now, you know, this, he's he, as I say, this isn't somebody that we're considering at 17. This is more of a pick no. at 50, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this well, I mean, I I haven't put grades on these guys, but this is not I didn't consider this guy a first round Okay. Maybe and, even a second round pick. I mean, I was thinking maybe a third round or at least a high third round. Yeah, pick, we're thinking you know? like top seventy five, maybe yeah. somewhere around there. Okay, you could take so you, you could take it with your second round pick. Sure but we're clear. Yeah, there. no, but definitely not a first round pick. And, and you know, I think he could also. I think this is a guy that you could also, if you wanted to, you could bring him in and you could put on like fifteen or twenty pounds on uh, of, of muscle on him, and, and he could probably go in there and be a nose tackle if you wanted him to. Um, but I think that that would. I think that there's also better guys that you know that don't require that extra weight at, you know, weight added, and, and that can yeah. you know contribute better than him immediately. All right, let's talk about the Utah defensive tackle, Foku. Now, he is a big guy. He, I, I saw him listed at like 335 yeah. pounds. Yes. He looks like your traditional nose tackle, correct? Yes. I mean, as far I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know about traditional because he's so tall, too. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the thing is, you know, like, I, I mean, I think to me when I think of traditional nose tackle, I mean, I guess now that you see these – Especially since all these kids like uh, from Samoa are coming into Utah, the, this is actually a common body type, you know. And and, yeah. and these guys are come in and they're incredible athletes. And, and Foto is no, you know, no different. He, I like his motor. I mean, I mean, he plays. I hard. mean, the guy moves again. Like uh, it's it's crazy how all these guys move now at, at six five, three hundred thirty five yeah. pounds. You know, it's like they they move. It's because that they're all top heavy. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like they got it all in their stomach, and like, and they and they, but they carry it so well. Anyways, I I, I think that this guy to me, uh, it, you know, he had. I mean, you want to talk about pad level problems? Like, uh, he basically just stands straight up, and it's okay because he's just so powerful mm-hmm. and so big. Uh, you His know, leverage that I, is such a problem, though. Yeah, just, I mean, he's it, just leans on dudes, man, and it's yeah. just like he's tossing guys. He's he's just incredibly powerful, and and so 
I think that he, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you're not. I wouldn't even waste time trying to one gap with this guy. No, like, or I no. mean, you know, because it's like, why do? He's just too. If he could just, you just snap the ball and then and you tell this guy to walk towards the quarterback. I don't know that two or three guys are gonna be able to stop him. You know, because he's so powerful and strong. I, I think I think that this guy is 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 like this guy is like a perfect nose tackle for a three four, a straight up nose tackle or like a or a you know a really good five tech. I think for what we're looking for. Uh, I, and I, I, I worry about his ability as a pass rusher. I mean, I think for all these guys we've mentioned except for Kinlaw, you know, uh, even with Gallimore, my question is, uh, my, I, my, I even listed it, unanswered questions. What, what is his upside as a pass rusher? Yep. And for Fotu, yep. it's like, what is he going to give you as a pass rusher? I, I think that, you know, Fotu is just power and explosive violence personified. But I don't know that, you know, He's going to get to any any quarterback quickly. I just think he's going to destroy whatever run game you have. I, I say my problem with Foku is if this defense is really going to be multiple, mm-hmm. it seems like his fit is going to be kind of clunky because he can only do one thing, right? Yeah. You can't really slide him out to five technique. I don't think you want him being a one technique and a four three. Uh, it, it seems like he's going to be a guy that goes to a straight three four team. Uh, and it, I would let me just say this. I would be shocked if Dallas is interested in him. It just, this just doesn't seem like the kind of player they're looking especially for. Especially right? this year. Especially yeah. this year, because like, it would be in order to get this guy to play regular snaps, you would have to make a hard turn into the three four. And, and, and in order for the Cowboys to do that, they would have to draft three of these guys. Yeah, you know, I, three I agree. two. So I don't think that's a realistic plan. All right, one more defensive tackle I want to talk about is Alabama defensive tackle Raquan Davis, who, man, I have a hard time figuring out what he is because you just look at his body type. He's big. He's long. You can tell that he's athletic, but there's a lot of times where he's just not doing anything. Six foot seven, 312 pounds. Uh, he looks to me like he should be like a five technique, um, but, man, there's just no production there. He actually got worse at his time at Alabama. Uh, what did you think of Raekwon? Uh, I kind of feel like Alabama had the same problems that you're talking about. Like, I think, you know, the, I, you watch the tape, and they have him all over the field. I mean, They're just clearly, trying to find a spot for him. Yeah, and it's and, and clearly, like, he's a specimen. Like, uh, I, my first note is, this dude is a goddamn mountain. Like, yeah. he is. Like, he's 6'7", 312. He's got long, long arms. I mean, and, and you see him do things at times that are just incredible. You know, like, he's inc- he's just dip- – at times, he's they double-team him. He's not moving. You know, he has these, this athleticism to, to kind of one-gap. I saw him as a seven-tick in one time. You know, it's like yeah. they, they have him rushing around the edge at points. You know, and, and it's like – I don't know. He's because the issue is that he's not exactly explosive, uh, but he has kind of you know flexible ankles, so he can kind of bend a little bit. Uh, he's incredibly powerful, so I think he could come in and you know two uh-huh. gap and, and, and be you know and be a guy. It's just that you know this and, and honestly, it, this is why it's guys like this that make me re- remember why. 
shopping for defensive tackles in the draft is so perilous. Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're all like this guy, yeah. right? Where he's an incredible specimen. He comes from Alabama. Like, he's 6'7", he's 312, he's explosive, he's, 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 he's flexible, he's got good enough explosion, you know, he's, he's got long arms, he can, he can do things, but he's not doing it consistently. And there's not one spot that he's seemingly, you know, playing, uh, like, oh, he's playing, oh, we found a spot, look at him, we put him at one technique, there's his home. It's like, okay, he's good there. He, uh, he can do some stuff over here. I, I just had, I didn't see anything, and I, I want to watch more, but, that's why I, I think the Senior Bowl week is big for him. Yeah, right. like I, I can't figure it out because I didn't see anything that was dominant. And maybe the problem is that Alabama has so much other talent that they don't have time to put him in one spot and wait for him. Yeah, but, and yeah. we've seen that before with Alabama players where their production isn't great. Like Deron Payne is a great example of somebody yeah. who was athletic and had a lot of power, but it didn't translate into any production. But he's a better NFL player because he found a spot. Yeah. Raekwon is just so hard because over the last 26 games at Alabama, eight and a half tackles for a loss, two sacks. I mean, this this guy is way too talented and athletic <laughs> to have that little of production. Uh, but that's why I'm excited to see him at the Senior Bowl. You know, if yeah. he gets some good coaching there, um, you know, could he be a one technique? Could he be? I, I hate to give him this comp, but could he be David Irving in the NFL? I, I don't know, but. Uh, if this was, if Rod Marinelli was still in Dallas, I can almost guarantee you that he would love Raekwon Davis just because of the physical tool sets. And I'm sure that he believes he can coach everything out of him. But, uh, I, man, I, it's just so hard to draft these kind of guys anymore because you have absolutely no idea if they're going to turn out. Well, you got to figure out the why. You know, what, what, what happened along the way? I agree. That, you yeah. know, I mean, this guy was a four, four star athlete come out of high school, was highly recruited, you know, and, and clearly just is, is very big and strong and has all the skill sets that you want. So what, what it was it that he's always been so talented and he's never had to try? Was it because there's too much talent at Alabama and, 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 and like I said, they, they, they can't put him at one spot long enough for him to learn anything. Is he just a bad fit? Like it, it does he have motivation problems? Like these are, you got to parse all that and figure yeah. out exactly why the production doesn't match the clear physical ability that he has. Uh, and then just and, and then decide whether you have an environment that you can get the most out of them or not. But, you know, look, if we're looking at these guys and the four of them, to me, Kinlaw and this guy, Davis, are really the ones that, from an athletic profile type, from a trying to figure out if they fit what, what you're trying to do type, these are the two guys to me. Because sure. I think both of these guys have the ability, the talent uh, to uh, – to play in either scheme, uh, uh, I, you know, I could Raekwon Davis could easily be the guy. If, uh, if let's say in a perfect world and all works out, I could easily see Raekwon Davis as this, you know, defensive tackle, defensive end tweener guy that you could bring in on on first down on first down to two gap as a defensive strong side defensive end, and mm-hmm. then kick inside as a as a one technique pass rushing one technique. You know, on on when you have a four down life, it's or have as a five technique once you actually transition to a three four. You know, a guy like this, maybe there is value in the fact that he has all this experience playing these techniques. You know, up and down the line, maybe he just needs more attention. You know, yeah. I, so that's what you hope for. But again, this is perilous, man. Like I, I, man, I, I don't feel comfortable with evaluating a lot of these defensive tackles because it's again it's this it's a it's a 
it's a difficulty to find consistency. And a lot of these guys are such planet people, you know, that at times, in, you know, either in high school or in college, they haven't had to try a lot in well, order to get Tristan success, Hill from you know? last year, right? Tristan Hill is a perfect example of that, right? Where he was somebody who was super athletic. Uh, he actually had a fantastic motor, but the production wasn't always there. And you had to f- figure out, okay, why weren't you producing considering you're 300 pounds and you can run? You know, you're, you're so quick off the ball. Why, why, why wasn't the production there? Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's so difficult to find out. That's why, man, I hate doing defensive tackles. There's other positions that are so much easier to evaluate. Yeah. Defensive tackle is not one of them. Uh, really quickly before we end the show, Landon, just a couple other guys, uh, that I've been, you know, writing down that I'm interested in. Kristen Fulton, the cornerback from LSU, he's by far the best secondary player there. Uh, he's someone to keep an eye on. Cornerback is certainly one of the Cowboys' biggest needs this mm-hmm. offseason, uh, with Byron Jones and Anthony Brown both being free agents, and then Owuzie and Jordan Lewis hitting the market next year. Uh, keep an eye on Kristen Fulton. Uh, if you're looking at safeties, Ashton Davis from California, uh, that's like a second-round guy that could play a little bit of free safety for you. Uh, he's somebody that I'm interested in. Uh, for edge rushers, the, the the guy that I'm really looking forward to see is uh, Daryl Taylor Jr. from Tennessee. Uh, I know he's a, a fan of Jonah, or Jonah Tolles is a fan of him. Uh, he definitely has some 3-4 outside linebacker potential because he dropped into coverage a ton at Tennessee. And then at tight end, uh, there's actually some pretty good tight end prospects here with uh, Jared Pickney from Vanderbilt, uh, Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic, uh, Stephen Sullivan from LSU, Keep an eye on the tight end position. Again, that's another one where the Cowboys have a need. Um, you know, with Witten's contract up, like Jarwin is a free agent in 2021. Go ahead, Landon. Another one that, that you, you, we should also keep an open mind about what the position may look like because it may oh, not yeah. look the same. The position profile may not be the same under this new coaching staff. So I would recommend to all the people out there watching tape and wanting to see these guys, uh, you know, the, the things that we used to rule players out with that we used to use as our filters before to kind of parse out who we should watch, maybe those don't apply as much anymore. So open your mind a little bit more, maybe watch more prospects. This uh, year. Absolutely. And I was going to say, um, I was watching a, a tight end prospect uh, from Washington this morning, Hunter Bryant. Yeah, uh, and, that's and, exactly what I had in mind, actually. Yeah, Hunter yeah. Bryant's a six foot two, 240-pound tight end that we know Dallas wouldn't have been interested in with Jason Garrett. But with Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, maybe that is somebody Dallas is interested in. We've seen in the Packers' history, they've had a whole bunch of different types of tight ends with Jermichael Finley and Jimmy Graham uh, and Andrew Corliss. So, well, and he could be a fullback too. Like he yeah, could, he could be a fullback, H-back. H-back tight yeah. end, tight, like a John Coon, you know, which which was a very popular player at uh, for Green Bay when they were there. So. Absolutely. Um, really quickly, before we go, Landon, what drill do you like to see the best at the Senior Bowl? Or what, what drill should fans watch that you can take the most out of here? Because there's a lot of this stuff that's useless. Uh, the game, you really can't take a lot out of the game. But what are you looking for specifically when you watch the Senior Bowl? You know, I like, for me, I like the trench stuff. So the I think the one-on-ones with the offensive line and the defensive linemen are actually probably the most revealing thing in the whole week. Mm-hmm. You know, I would uh, agree. I mean, the, the game is so kind of scripted and, 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 you know, because you have so many people cycling in, it's important you get some stuff out of it for sure. But I think, you know... Any of the scouts or GMs will tell you that that they watch, they want to watch, see the practice tape, they want to see what's going on. Uh, to me, I think you watch and you, you listen to, you, to who's doing well, you know, 
on a daily basis in these matchups uh, on the trenches, and I think you're going to get a good idea of who the best players are. I mean, going back to the Aaron Donald versus Zach Martin, we, so we much kind of fun. keep we so keep we keep falling back on that, but it was I mean, it gave us such a great idea of exactly what was going on where. These two guys were dominating everybody else, and then you know we're, we're going against each other. And clearly, th- they were two special players. And I think that's the kind of thing you're on the lookout for. Yeah, and what I'm looking forward to seeing is the guys that improve throughout the week. Uh, yeah. That's the most important. You know, maybe Tuesday practice a little shaky. They get better on Wednesday and Thursday. That's that's the kind of stuff you want to see. And you also want to see a drumbeat of information. So, if a cornerback is beating every single player every single week. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see the, the super highs and the super lows. So uh, just keep all that stuff in mind. We'll make sure that we're talking about uh, all these prospects. We'll go over practices. Uh, we're going to get some of that film so we can break down. So make sure you guys are download, downloading the Locked on Cowboys podcast, subscribing on iTunes, giving us review. I see a lot of you guys are starting to give us players to watch. Uh, we will be certainly doing that over the next couple months. Make sure you follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.